how does anyone become an authority on anything? You just keep putting content out there that makes sense. Just back Base by take. Speaking of. No, no. <laughs> I'll edit it out so fast. <laughs> Yeah, ultimately, <laughs> there's nothing you can do I'm, about this, CHG, because you don't edit the podcast. And trust me, you don't want to volunteer to edit the no, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, hello. GM. Is the bear market over? You tell me, Tommy. You made it for this. Dramatic content. pause. Um <laughs> Uh, the streets think it is. I've seen some some tweets from Frisian. Not officially. I don't think you'll ever officially have the we're back tweet, but I've seen a, uh, or I've noticed a a noticeable, or not noticed a noticeable, but I've seen a significant shift in the narratives on Twitter. I love to hear everyone's takes around what you think about this week. I'm not saying we're back as a like cliche, whatever, but... Like actually, I feel like something tangibly uh, shifted this week in terms of like the meta on uh, on socials. Thoughts? Anyone? Everyone's everyone's celebrating the death of the bears. You know, Papa. He's looks like he's not going to be getting his delivery. You know, um, yeah. I don't know if it's Capo or Capo, but anyway, there's apparently there's this guy who runs like a massive paid group that just tweet like sends talk just does like a turbo bearish analysis all the time anyway <laughs> um i'm always surprised to find out about these things i'm like people actually like pay money to listen to some dude people own crypto assets and pay money to listen to some dude talking about the bear case hilarious anyway um yeah i i mean i would say technically speaking we're definitely still in a bear market like i've seen a lot of tweets like this where it's like you know you got crypto went down 60%, but now it's up 70%, but I'm still 50% down. <laughs> it like sucks how the math works. You know, when you go down 60 to 70%, it just takes a long, it's a long, long way back up. Um, so if you like zoom out on the charts, we're definitely still, still in a tough spot. Um, but that's the thing about crypto, right? It's like all it takes is like everyone psychologically believing we're back. And then all of a sudden we're going to be back, right? Because everyone's going to start investing again and um, shipping products faster and bringing stuff to market. And um, so, yeah, uh, I think, you know, we're still still in building in the bear mode. But uh, this is definitely the first time I've experienced euphoria related to crypto prices. And I guess since like the beginning of this year, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been ages. I feel like I haven't really seen convincing, like, uh, maybe, like, numbers-based evidence that we're back, especially with that math you're talking about. But you're right. Like, it's just, at the end of the day, it's the sentiment that counts. So I've seen a lot of, like, sort of, like, mysterious or, like, you know, it's like, I'm not going to say we're back too hard because then people will, like, repost my thing and prove me wrong. So sort of like this, like, it is written or, like, something may be happening sort of like mysterious uh sort of like pseudo pseudo predictions but enough of those and you know what happens so i'm not gonna make one myself yet i saw a tweet one time that was like like i am absolutely sure that we're back and like if we aren't you know people will be like if we aren't like i'll like give everybody whatever or like i'll delete my account or whatever and this one was like i'm absolutely sure we're back 
if we're not, then I'm going to delete this tweet, <laughs> which was sort of like sums up the, I don't know, like crypto hype beast, uh, I guess, uh, dialect when, when Bitcoin goes up, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I will say this. I would, it, it had just gotten absolutely nasty, like prior to this week. I would say, you know, September and the first half of October, it was just gross. Like, it wasn't even about the prices. I mean, the prices were like fine compared to where they were at the start of the year, you know, were actually up massively. But just the sentiment was horrible. And people talked about this idea of time based capitulation. And I think it's very real, right? It's like, um, it's like, even if the price is up on the year, you know, the fact that it's still down so massively compared to where it was in 2021 and it's just kind of like stagnating basically leads to people quitting either voluntarily or involuntarily, maybe voluntarily because they just can't take it anymore. Um, I think that's a very, very real phenomenon that happens, but also involuntarily, like, you know, in our corner of the world, right, startups, you, you know, that raise funds in 2021, of which there are many, it's like, at some point, you just run out of money, right? And, and that now there's just like less products being built, right? So the time-based capitulation is very real. And so, like, the most exciting part about seeing some excitement in the crypto space this week is just like, um, hopefully can get the ball rolling on sort of like a reinvestment cycle, or just, yeah, help people psyches, right? <laughs> this is like, the price is just sitting there. And like, you know, the government was like lawsuit after lawsuit, you know, it's just like, it got really, really gnarly. Like crypto Twitter was just like pretty toxic, you know, <laughs> there for like a week or a month or two. Yeah. Go ahead, Tishy. Oh, no, not too much. Just like, yeah, I'm thinking about the how it's been so difficult to even find things to talk about that are exciting, that are like actually happening. You know, you hear things that are exciting, even like friend tech um, and stuff. There's a new one called song tech that I was looking at, but it's like end of the day, you feel almost awkward talking about it because it's so unlikely that it'll work in this market. But that's another thing. Like it's I feel like people are recognizing that this is not just how the crypto market is, but also how the market, at least the US is on like a greater scale. That's been a big shift for me is like, realizing it's not just like my industry where things are moving slowly. And there's not definitely like the hottest topic to talk about for the newsletter. But my friends who work in like regular web two jobs um, that are just like, oh, things have been so slow lately. You know, we're getting no deals. Companies running out of money. People are quitting. Like the same things are happening beyond crypto, but they're probably just not happening as uh, out there on Twitter. Right. <laughs> 100 percent. it is bloody in web 2 right now like yeah i there are many sub sectors of web 2 that are in a much worse spot than crypto right now much worse totally um, and no one on crypto twitter is saying like oh but think about you know this yeah. random subsect of web 2 like yeah C crypto really is kind of its own little world i think um i think that you know there's a couple things like in some ways it seems worse in crypto because there's so many headlines just because of like prices and regulation. It's a, such a like regulatory heavy industry, you know, there's, there can be a lot of bearish headlines. People like to dunk on it too. Like there's been a recent round of like big podcasts and shows just dunking on crypto, you know, just for fun, basically. Um, people don't really dunk on like B2B SaaS, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> but it's a huge industry that is just suffering, like absolutely suffering right now. Um, I think part of it is that the U.S. is kind of the only game in town for a B2B SaaS. Like, um, you know, you sell, you can sell software to other countries, but at the end of the day, it's like the U.S. is like, you know, 50 plus percent likely of your customer base. And then it's kind of rest of world. Whereas crypto, like it's, it's been having a really tough time in the U.S., especially like DeFi and things like that. But it's, there's been a lot of investment going on in other parts of the world, right? You saw Europe draft this like, mica regulation regulatory framework that like potentially offers some regulatory clarity and then i think there's asian countries are just straight up like investing (laughs) and like yoloing into crypto right now and from like a national policy perspective like uh japan and hong kong and korea south korea is like several other countries have um yeah like created these like crypto innovation hubs and crypto funds it's like that kind of thing doesn't really like flow into B2B software in the same way as just as an example. Right. So I think compared to some of these other tech industries, like yeah, crypto has more headlines about being down, but um, the prospects are actually a bit better because it's almost more like internationally diversified and it's not just tech either. Like it's, it's frontier tech, but it's also so many other things, you know? Um, Yeah. So it's interesting. Like (laughs) I, I tweeted about this, the two industries I'm most financially exposed to on a personal level outside of just like having whatever retirement savings and diversified stuff is, uh, yeah, I know retirement savings, right? Yeah. You guys should think about that. Uh, um, uh, don't say you guys say, say (laughs) CHG. I have my shit in order. (laughs) Anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, uh, uh, our, our B2B SaaS and, and crypto, you know, because I like worked in B2B SaaS for a long time for crypto. I'm just like, oh God, it's just all my friends are getting laid off. It's absolutely brutal. Um, so yeah, um, it takes a special team to make it through, which, uh, yeah, which Tally is. So let's, uh, let's fucking go. Oh yeah. I think the, also the, like there's an ethos behind crypto, right? Where people th- like whether it's true or not like you know we're building the future decentralization we're gonna like change the way the entire working world works that isn't there with b2b SaaS, right um so i think that's been cool it's been interesting to see like who's dug in their heels more versus been like oh maybe we should uh like be more you know like consumer crypto um over the last year in general um And it doesn't seem like it's been exactly consistent. You know, it's not like, oh, the winning teams have all been like decentralized or die or the winning teams have all been like, we're going to do consumer crypto. So it's interesting to see that like multiple ways forward are working, I guess. But having that ethos definitely provides somewhat helpful of a backbone to the industry that at the end of the day, like, you know, your company's failing and everything looks pretty bleak. But people are at least tied somewhat to crypto, not just because it's their job, but because they believe um, in the ethos of it. Which, if you lose your B2B SaaS job and and there's no good prospects, are you looking to get back into B2B SaaS? Or, like, are, you know, it's probably over, which is cool. That is a phenomenal point. Um, Just building on that, right? It's like crypto people are just special. Like, 
I heart them like you know because they have this experience and willingness to like n- not everyone but like the core of crypto to work through the bear it's like they also have survival skills right people have all these different ways of making money um they're accustomed to uh you know cutting down on their expenses in the bear like it's like yeah just built different like genuinely you know and the built-in volatility of crypto itself like not even just the industry as a whole but even if you've held you know like bitcoin for five years you think like i've seen it at so high and i've seen it at you know like in the like under a thousand dollars so that's definitely like a microcosm of this as a whole. Like if you can cope with seeing your bags go way up and down, you can probably cope at least a little better than people with like a stable job counting on a stable income. Um, so that's, yeah, it's cool. There's crypto has some like special aspects that make it both better equipped to survive the bear market. And, uh, like it's it's people still standing with it you know like you're not just gonna say okay i'm done with this thing as many would for a regular job like is probably all of us you know would with a regular job where it's like the prospects are bleak this sucks i'm out of here and i think crypto people are way less willing to do that which is cool because it's the backbone is the people not just the tech yeah i think something too i should kind of parlay this into the next conversation something i think you know, organizationally is different is the, the decentralization aspect of these protocols, um, not just from like a security or I- ideals perspective, but from like a, a longevity and like labor sourcing uh, viewpoint um, is interesting. I think like we see from Tally, if all, if not most of the major protocols right now that aren't decentralized are um in the process of decentralizing or thinking about decentralizing um, and DAOifying. Um, so it, it's pretty, I mean, so it's something we predicted in, in, or not predicted, just like talked about since the beginning of the podcast is, uh, I guess you can say predicted because like Tally's entire business model is kind of based off of these large protocols decentralizing, but now we're starting to see it really happen. Like we've had it with, with Arbitrum and some others. And we've talked about that in depth on here. Um, and I think we're going to see in the next six months to a year, um, a lot more protocols similar to Arbitrum start to, de- to decentralize and, and have on-chain governance. Um, I'd love to get like, Frisian, we can start with you, like your thoughts on, you know, why are these protocols all, you know, ending up decentralizing, you know, what was, what's the ethos behind all of it and why was, uh, well, I was Tally, you know, ahead of the game here with, with, uh, you know, our, our governance front end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're starting to see some launches. I think, I think that we're going to see a lot of governance launches, DAO launches in 2024. Um, I think, you know, it was only the protocols who are sort of most prepared going into this year and also most intrepid <laughs> who launched. Um, there have been two big launches though. Uh, Arbitrum and then Celestia, which was more recent. Um, Tally doesn't support Cosmos yet, so sadly we we don't yet have Celestia on Tally. But you know, um, my DMs are open for for anyone who's interested in talking about that. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, so there's been a couple of big ones for sure. Um, which you know, the, those things are like fiscal stimulus for crypto, right? Like when you think about what it takes to get through the bear, it's like 
people get airdrops, but that's just phase one, right? If you look at Arbitrum, there's now this whole like micro economy happening kind of around the DAO where people are um, getting paid to work for the DAO and driving growth in Arbitrum. I think similar will happen with Celestia. And so I think it's actually a really important component of the bull market coming back is people starting to launch governance. We've been talking about this with Hi, um, who are working with really closely on their DAO launch, um, which will, uh, you know, uh, hopefully happen soon. And uh, uh, it's like, we're going to bring the bull market back. But like, honestly, it's true, right? Like the, these, these airdrops and then the subsequent DAO economies that are created around the protocol are like the lifeblood of the the on-chain economy. So um, yeah, that's a fun place to be as Tally, right? Is like m- helping make that happen, right? Like with Arbitrum, we were really key to unlocking the economy around Arbitrum. And with High, we're really going to be really key to like just the airdrop and launch as well as the economy that gets, that gets built up around High. So um, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, it's it's been, it has been, uh exciting the examples we've gotten this year but i actually think there's a lot of teams like waiting in the wings that are just kind of getting ready and or waiting for like slightly friendlier conditions to launch their governance and it's going to be really exciting uh you know maybe close to this year it's getting kind of tight because like a lot of people launching a DAO during dev connect is kind of weird like people make product announcements during dev connect but like with launching a DAO, it's like a very digital thing <laughs> this is like maybe people will launch maybe not and then you're sort of going into the holidays for a lot of people so it might just be like opening up q1 2024 but i think we're going to see yeah a lot of a lot of on-chain governance launches here in the next six to 12 months which is going to be dope and a big part of the market cycle turning yeah with that like again back to the ethos like if you're because of the decentralized nature of so many of these protocols um or at least like even shifting to that it's like the onus or the like potential crash point doesn't fall just on one person. It's not, you know, like if Sam Walton falls, all of the stores close. It's decentralized amongst, you know, like both like places that can be regulated, places that are less likely to be regulated, places where the economy is good, places where the economy is bad. And those will shift over time too. So I think it's a cool like structure just in the background of people realizing that the bear has made them want to decentralize even further when one of the critiques, you know, during the bowl that even my family would like say, you know, just whatever, like, I, I don't know if it's going to be as, as efficient if you're decentralizing, you know, I know you guys think it's good right now because everyone's rich and crypto's high, but it's really the decentralization that has proved key during the bear market. Um, not just the bull, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, see what happens in these coming months. Not only just from a talent perspective, but seeing it, you know, I see the you know the downstream positive effects of the entire process. Um, you know, particularly with like grants programs and retroactive funding and like the step step program passing. Um, a lot of experiments with uh, very real monetary implications for people in terms of jobs and and careers and projects and new things being built. Um, a lot of positive vibes, uh, which is, I feel like something that's relatively new or recent, um, in the past, you know, year and a half, two years, uh, you know, another implication or another indication that, uh, you know, maybe 
the bear vibes are starting to recede and the bull is starting to come out. Um, so cool to see any, uh, closing thoughts this week, a little shorter episode. Um, any, anything to say before we, we sign off for the people? I can, um, publicly say a meme that maybe sums up like this episode. Um, I saw this one that was like, I think it's a joke, you know, but you never really know with crypto Twitter, but it was like that, um, that, that meme where it's like friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend. And it's like, you know, like every, all of these have an end. And then it says like friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, crypto. And it's like the end in all those words is highlighted. And it's like crypto has no end. (laughs) So we're back. And and I think the irony of that actually goes in with the like sort of like tepid, are we actually back? Um, So a good sum up. We've all been married to our bags for a while now here (laughs) in the bear market. So yes, Uh, yes. it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. My husband, true. my bags. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been episode sixty-one or sixty-two. One of the one of the two. Um, we will see you next week for another episode of Dow Talk Weekly. As always, peace. Bye. Peace. <laughs>